Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Akiva, how was your holiday weekend? Um, I'm sure it was great. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a holiday for you anyways, uh, if we're being honest. That's right. Uh, that's right. Um, all right. Uh, it was a holiday weekend for me, though. I went to the U.S. Open last night, actually. Oh, who won? Um, I don't remember, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I can really I can put that in in post if you really want me to. Um, all right, so Akiva, finally we've uh, reached the week this Thursday night. The season starts, and we finally have our final five teams. And I think by just about anybody's standard, there's there's a big tear break after the top five teams. There's five serious contenders this year, uh, and and e- even for you, who you put the Broncos fifth on that list, I have them a little bit higher. I have them at fourth because because you know you're convinced that Peyton Manning's downfall is is in the offing, <laughs> but you still agree that you know there's the top five teams and there's everybody else, right? Oh yeah, I mean the Broncos' ceiling is is you know through the roof. Obviously, if Manning stays healthy, so it's perfectly reasonable to you know to rank them as high as you'd like. Their basement. Just because they have a very old quarterback with, you know, very clearly defined health problems, uh, you know, their basement is maybe a little lower than some of the other teams uh, in this top five. But, you know, after weeks of slogging through the Titans and the Jaguars and the Buccaneers to get here, it's like it's nice to talk about a good team. Yeah, it, it it really is. No offense, you know, some of those guests were fantastic and and they really knew their stuff. But but some of those teams were were terrible. And it's a lot more exciting to talk about teams like the Broncos and the Colts because today we're doing a doubleheader. Uh, you know, first we're doing the Broncos, but we'll be turning to the Colts next. And you know, Peyton's former team, Peyton's current team, and then of course tomorrow we will preview the Patriots for their game on Thursday, and then Thursday we will do the Seahawks, I think, and then on Friday uh, we will do the Packers to get you ready for uh, for Week One for everybody but the Patriots and Steelers. So we uh, before we turn to the Colts, let's start with the Broncos, and our guest to talk about the Broncos today is Michael Bateman. Michael, how are you today? I'm I'm doing pretty well. How about y'all? Uh, I'm excellent. So let's start right at the top. John Fox departed, having you know only won thirteen, thirteen, and twelve games yeah. because because uh, ultimately the Broncos didn't get it done in the postseason, and I guess you know someone had to take the blame for it. Fox, I think, is a good coach. Gary Kubiak has has a more mixed. Uh, record in the NFL. Fox, you know, took Carolina to the Super Bowl and he was, you know, he was so good with the Broncos that he even managed to do it with Tim Tebow at quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, tell me, tell me how people in Denver are reacting to uh, the new regime 
And if, if there's more confidence, if there's less confidence, if it's still sort of, you know, it's going to depend on the players, you know, what, what, what do people think about Gary Kubiak and company? Right, right. Well, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are pretty excited to have Kubiak back in Denver, you know, Kubi back, as we like to say, you know, having the gang back together is it's, uh, you know, with Wade Phillips and with Kubiak, it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword. A lot of people are excited. You know, Kubiak has been kind of a staple of, you know, those two Super Bowl runs. He, he was a huge part of that. Uh, so we're really excited to have him back for that reason. But I, I think there is some hesitation where, you know, he's only, I think, 64 and something in, you know, his coaching career at 64 and one, or his head coaching uh, record is not very good. And there, there's definitely some hesitation, but overall pretty excited to have him back in Denver. Yeah, and and you you know you mentioned Phillips also I think is is an exciting piece to add to the defense. But let's start with the offense. Let's start with Peyton Manning. What's funny to me is this idea that well you need Gary Kubiak you need a new offense. Like Peyton Manning in the offense is, is not the problem. Other than no. you know if, if if Peyton has injury issues, right. but P- Peyton Manning's team has always run Peyton Manning's offense, and so. Again, other than maybe concerns for injuries and they try and develop the run more, although they looked pretty good running the ball last year, especially right. late in the year with Anderson. Do you see that there's going to be significant differences on the offense under Kubiak? You know, I, I think there definitely will be significant differences. Uh, and I think everyone, including fans in Denver, is kind of waiting to see what that's going to be. You know, they in the press conferences, uh, Gary and Peyton keep talking about uh, – whether you know this kind of hybrid offense that they're they're going to try and reveal and we just haven't seen that yet in the preseason um we've seen a lot of great running we've seen you know brock osweiler kind of fit in and do great in the old gary kubiak kind of bootleg system but the peyton system has not the peyton gary kubiak system hybrid has not clicked in the preseason and uh there's you know may we're kind of seeing waiting to see whether it's a you know they're not revealing too much sort of thing, or if we're actually just seeing those growing pains. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about Peyton Manning on, this is our, you know, 28th podcast, uh, right. doing these teams. And we've talked about Peyton Manning on almost every one. And Chester likes to joke <laughs> that, uh, you know, I'm basically predicting this, uh, it's not, you don't need to sell Peyton Manning on us. We know that he's one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Chester right. thinks he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, I would probably have him second. Um, yes. Wait, who, who do you have at number one, Akiva? Have we not discussed this? Geno Smith. And <laughs> I, I, I think Troll. if, I think if, if I was betting all the money I have with all my podcasting money, I, I just, part of me thinks looking at Peyton down the stretch, you know, looking at how miraculous it is kind of that he's gotten through the last couple of years healthy and the fact that their offensive line like one of the reasons Peyton's always been healthy minus the the one year in Indy is because he never gets hit partially because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. But, uh, you know, and we don't have to discuss the offensive line in, in depth yet. We may get to that in a few minutes, but like the line scares me so much that uh, I feel like if he takes a few more hits and he has such unusual yeah. medical problems, uh, you know, yeah. it, like he's got like grown up issues, you know, playing in like a league <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of like 25 year olds who are flying around who are getting Absolutely. bigger every, and faster every year. Just I, I just the odds of him staying healthy are just to me are like they're not zero, but I, I just can't see him being Peyton Manning for 18 or 19 straight weeks. And he hasn't really he's been able to do it for about 16 or 17 straight weeks, two years in a row. But that that to me is why I have them at five and why, you know, I think we will see a little Osweiler at some point this year. But what do you think? 
Absolutely. And, you know, uh, a, a lot of people tend to forget that in, in those two, you know, especially in the 98 Super Bowl run, we had a, you know, John Elway went down for four games and we had Bubby Brister come in and he had to start four games and he won four games and took us to the playoffs that second year. So it's, you know, the, John Elway knows what it's like to be, and we've heard that, that that's such an old trope. John Elway knows what it's like, uh, you know, but he's really trying to give Peyton that breathing room to be able to maybe not start every game. And I, I absolutely think that there's a chunk late in the season, especially, you know, that Raiders game that, that, you know, that's maybe that Steelers game that late, late, you know, weeks 14 through 17, we might see some, you know, Brock starting and playing all the games. And I, Absolutely wow. think that's a thing that could happen. Wow. And yeah. is, is that sort of your hunch or is that a thing that's being discussed in Denver? I, I think that's a personal hunch, but being discussed in Denver is absolutely Brock play, getting play, real playing time this year. Not not full games, but certainly second halves. Cer- certainly, you know, he might start a game or two here or there that is absolutely being discussed. I think I'm a little more, I think a little more will be, you know, Brock than, than what we think, but you know, it, it worked in the past, but you know, it worked. I think also, um, you know, another thing that like maybe people outside of Denver never really hear about, you know, you talk about Elway and I would be curious from an insider's perspective, like, Elway and Fox came over in 2011 together, right? And they've had Correct. they had other than uh, winning. Well, they we we had we had uh, Elway in 2010. He was the last year of McDaniel's. He fired McDaniel's, and then we got. Well, didn't he come uh, in the John middle Fox. of the year or he had a different position or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He was he was the vice president of football operations before right. now, he, was he wasn't running the, the show yeah. necessarily at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So th- so they a uh, kind of overlap for almost their entire tenure until now, and more or less. It, is it so like it's just so unusual for a superstar player to come in and be like a great GM? Like maybe it happens in hockey once in a while, but it, it's you know yeah. certainly in the, like the bigger three sports. It's well, it, and in basketball, Jerry West, I guess. But I, I mean, I know, I, yeah. I, there's I, it's not to get into that, but yeah, the old first of all, I don't even count the old school NBA players because like they didn't make any money. So like they almost had right. to work for it, you know what I mean? I'm I'm talking about like the modern, you know, like the Michael Jordan, you know, era, that type of thing. So it it does part of you worry that like Fox was really the brains of the operation? Like is Elway really making all these decisions on the final 53? Is he really like he like is he really that detail oriented that he knows, you know, he's going out there and he's making, you know, the Broncos obviously made a number of like great personnel moves. Is is that really is Elway the brains of it? Is that how you see it? Like I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Elway is the brains of it. And and we've seen John Fox. You see it more in, in the press conferences with John Elway and and the John Fox versus John Elway. When those press conferences happened, you know, John Fox was strictly football. What happened on the field? What you know, who's injured? That's it. That's that's really all he's talking about. Elway is, you know, in the nitty gritty. He is. He knows who he wants. He knows exactly who's going to play on that team. And, you know, we've had huge free agent signings in the past couple of years. And that certainly wasn't John Fox making those calls. That was John Elway going out there and getting those free agents to Denver in spots that, you know, he we needed. And let me, you know, let me just come back to Peyton for one second, because 
on the one hand, you can say, look, he's never missed a game in his entire career other than that one season that he missed the whole season, of course. 16 games he starts week in, week out his whole, his, his whole career. But you could, you could have said the same about Brett Favre until, you know, that disastrous final season. And so I see what Akiva's saying that you never want to predict an injury, but when a guy hits 39 or 40 years old, it's, it's, it's tough to know. And, and he really in December last year, you know, for all my Peyton defending, the bottom line is he was bad in December last year. They, yeah, they had those three losses to Cincy, St. Louis, and Indy. Uh, he had, I think, three touchdowns and six picks. On the year, his numbers were still fantastic. They were better than his career numbers across the board. His completion percentage, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, you know, quarterback rating, sack percentage. He was better than his average season of his career last year on the whole. But in the last month, he was really bad. And so Absolutely. I guess the, the question is, was it the torn quad or is it just, you know, all of the things put together plus the fact that he's 39? Right. I, you know, abs- I think there's definitely some of this torn quad. You know, we, it's been brought up multiple times. There's a torn quad issue. You know, he had a torn quad and that was the reason. But I think we're all kidding ourselves if that's the reason. You know, he is, he's 39 years old, 38 at the time. He's an old guy. He's got, like we said, old man problems. You know, he's, he's, not young anymore. And that that's again, why I say, you know, I think later in the season, we're going to see a a little more Brock and a little more resting of Peyton. We're kidding ourselves. If this torn quad is the only thing that held him back, you know, all yeah. right, so let's turn to the guys whose job it is to keep him safe. The o- offensive line, oh uh, Akiva said he's Akiva said he's very worried about it. You know, look, I think it's hard to argue that the offensive line is not going to be a little bit worse. At least, of course, you lost Ryan Clady, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in May to the torn ACL. You lost Orlando Franklin and Will Montgomery in free agency. Now, you guys brought in Evan Mathis recently, but, but tell us sort of the state of the offensive line and and, and what you're expecting. Uh, well, what I'm expecting is for you know. The first couple of weeks, we're, we're going to be Sac City for all those defenses, to be totally honest. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a uh, – they're young. Gary Kubiak is a great coach when it comes to coaching up offensive lines. Uh, searching through, you know, doing some of my own research uh, when we hired Kubiak and when we started getting worried about our young offensive line. Uh, the 97 Super Bowl run, the offensive line that year had – four starters that were drafted below the seventh round or fourth round before below the fourth round. So he is good at developing offensive linemen who, who aren't, you know, great offensive linemen. And they, they all had under, you know, certain amount of years of experience. And that was a great offensive line. Uh, He is very, very good at developing that. Now, does that mean that just by plugging in Evan Mathis, we're all of a sudden this great offensive line? Absolutely not. You know, it's a piece to the puzzle and we still have uh, Vasquez over there. You know, it's, that's another piece of the puzzle. And the, the rookie Tyson Brylo has certainly been impressing at left tackle, even in just three preseason games, but it's, it's definitely worrisome. Well, so, you know, you said you, you think it's going to be Sac City the first few weeks. <laughs> you know, that ain't that ain't good because you, you start at Baltimore, who was third in the league in, or second in the league in sacks last year. Then you yeah, play Kansas City, who was fifth in the league. Uh, then you face Detroit, who was eighth, although, of course, Sue isn't there anymore. And Minnesota, who was ninth. So, you know, it really is a, a good pass rush that you're facing <laughs> yes. in those first four weeks. And Payton, Payton has never been hit in his career. I mean, it's it's a testament not just to the offensive lines he's had, but really to the way he plays and getting rid of the ball and how smart he is. He hasn't been sacked 
you know, in the last dozen years, he's never been sacked more than 21 times in a season, which is about, you know, less yeah. than one and a quarter sacks a game. Yeah. So if he's all of a sudden getting sacked three or four times in these first few games, you know, how, how quickly are we going to be seeing Brock? <laughs> well, Payne won't get sacked well, also, by the way. I think you'll you'll agree. Uh, I, I Like, he'll he'll do whatever it takes to not get sacked. He'll throw the ball away. Right. It doesn't matter. Well, but he's going to get, he's gonna get hit then. He's yeah. going to be getting hit. Well, he's going to just give up at a certain point if that happens. It's never yeah. happened. And he's an old man. <laughs> you're right we play some great pass rushes that those first couple weeks and that's certainly a why i'm worried but peyton has always that time of release is so you know all below two seconds or right around two seconds it's uh it, it's a crazy number it, especially compared to the rest of the quarterbacks in the league how low you know snap to time of releases and especially those first couple weeks when the line is getting you know finding its identity with uh, a rookie and a journeyman and a second year who's never played in any you know an NFL snap that's two players who have never played a down in their lives in the NFL there's definitely going to be some identity finding in those first couple of weeks but that's not to say they haven't been pretty impressive the first the first couple preseason games and you know there's been other things on my mind that aren't the offensive line if that makes sense yeah, so I wanted to ask. So obviously, your you know your one two punch at receiver, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders is uh, there's really not much to discuss. It's about as solid as you get. But you know, with Welker gone, one of the things that's scary about a team like uh, you know basically most of the the Manning teams uh, of the last fifteen years is you know when you guys when they have a third receiver, there are teams that have two good cornerbacks, but almost nobody has three good cornerbacks. So is there a guy? who can take that Welker spot um, and, you know, and like actually be someone who teams have to worry about in guard. Uh, you know, I think this year we're, we're going to finally see the emergence of Cody Latimer. He's been looking pretty great in preseason, especially uh, out of Indiana, especially out of um, or with Brock out there. He's been looking great. He He's a quicker guy. Uh, so I think we could, Definitely see him line up in the spot in the slot position. You know, also be looking for Jordan Norwood might be out there, and we've got some young young talent that could maybe move into that third position. But we're going to be running more two tight end sets, I think, this season. Uh, and so, you know, Emmanuel and Demarius might be all all we see for a lot of that. All right, and let me ask you one last question about the offense. Uh, you know, we're releasing this on September 8th, so pretty much everybody's already had their fantasy football draft, so this might be too late. Yeah. But I want to ask you about the running backs. In 2013, going into the year, Monty Ball was expected to be the stud running back, and of course, he lost the job early. No, Sean Moreno came out of nowhere. He was really yeah. good, like a top 10 running back. Then last year, and again, Monty Ball in the preseason, he's a top 10 running back. Everybody's taking him in the first round. And he loses the job again. This time it's to Ronnie Hillman for the first few weeks. And then he gets injured. And then CJ Anderson comes in. So now it's CJ Anderson, who's the top 10 back. And everybody's drafting at the top of their drafts. But, you know, my theory is there is going to be a Broncos running back who ends up, you know, top 10 statistically this year. Yeah, but absolutely. the odds of it being Anderson are no better than 50-50, whether it's Ronnie Hillman, whether it's Jawan Thompson, who knows? So, right. you know, what's your take on that? So our, our we've got a lot of great running backs this year, which is awesome. Uh, CJ Anderson is, you know, certainly the number one guy right now, but man, Ronnie Hillman looks great in that run blocking scheme, especially on those sweep plays. Ronnie can just get up the field and, you know, Gary Kubiak doesn't like to do two back systems. He is a, he is a one back sort of guy. And I think in those first one or two weeks, we're going to see one of these guys emerge as, 
you know, the, the back and right now it's CJ Anderson and he has looked great in the preseason, but uh, Ronnie Hillman is just looking awesome in this run blocking scheme. Um, And, you know, the talk around Denver right now is Monty Ball is fighting for his job. We, there was a trade trade rumor a couple days ago saying he was going to go to Colts, I want to say, or something for a seventh round conditional. You know, there, there was some weird trade talk with Monty, which would be a shock because he was our number one pick three years ago. All right, so now let's turn to the roster game, which is Akiva's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> go with 64. Ooh, tell us what you know about Capri Bibbs. Capri Bibbs. Capri Bibbs. Yeah, it's a great name. Uh, CSU, this is second year. He uh, he got cut last year but made it on the roster squad. So he's been with the Broncos organization a while. We actually really like him in Denver. Um, you know, hometown, you know, hometown favorite just because he went to Colorado State. Uh, he's been looking pretty good. I'll, I'll you know. That's a tough uh, team we'll to see. make though, right? It's a very, especially with how deep our running back core is. Um you know, right now we're looking at CJ, uh, Ronnie, Monty, and Juwan as kind of the top four. But Capri is, and Monty, Monty are really, really fighting. Oh, yeah. If Monty Ball is not making your team, you guys are – it's a pretty deep lineup there. Yeah. If if Monty doesn't make it, Capri Bibbs absolutely does because he's been – you know, he's been with the organization and working hard. So I I would not be surprised if he ends up – you know, certainly on a practice squad or even on a roster in the NFL somewhere. All right. Number two. Uh, let's go with 14. Okay. 14. Uh, who's Dominique Jones? Dominique Jones. Uh, one of the, I think he's like one of the tight ends that Gary Kubiak signed when he was going tight end crazy. I have no idea. Not going to make the team. Not going to make the team. We, we've okay. got a lot of tight ends and fullback hybrids making the team, and he's not one. Uh, all right, next number. 84. Benny Fowler? Benny Fowler. Uh, he is a wide receiver. Yeah, he's been he's been doing okay in preseason. He had a – oh, you know what? He had a great toss from our third-string quarterback in one of the games, a diving catch, looked pretty sweet. You know, he'll, he'll be fighting for a special team spot maybe. All right, one more. 99. Tell me about Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, speaking of, uh, third-string quarterback. Uh, you know, he he beat out Zach Dysart, so he's he's a rookie. Uh, yeah, if you, if you beat seven, out Zach Dysart, you're the real deal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> nobody real, yeah, real nobody beats out Zach Dysart. <laughs> nobody, beats, nobody beats the Dysart. You know, he actually looked pretty great. I think Gary Kubiak's going to keep him on the roster, Uh which would be a shock just because usually he only takes two quarterbacks, but there's, there's, you know, he, he had a couple, the, the Trevor Simeon to Benny Fowler pass. It was like a 60 some odd yard diving catch. Looked pretty cool. All right. So let's jump to the defense now. Absolutely. You know, say what you will about Wade Phillips as a head coach, but as a D coordinator, I think few would dispute the fact that he's one of the best in the league. And I think that now the Broncos are switching to a three, four, which will really be Devon Miller's strengths. He had 14 sacks last year, and now in a 3-4 with DeMarcus Ware on the other side. I mean, I think those two guys could you know, yeah. put 25, 30, maybe even 40. I mean, you know, who Absolutely. knows how many sacks they're going to get. But I think – and then, of course, you have you know great cornerbacks and Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib. But I think the question is some of those other holes, who's filling them? You know, who's going to be a nose tackle with Terrence Knight and gone? Who's mm-hmm. going to replace Raheem Moore at safety? Who's that inside linebacker? So tell us, you know, we know about the stars on this defense, but tell us some of those other spots. Who's who's going to fill in 
or right. do you think that they're going to be holes? Uh, well, I think I think the biggest hole right now is uh, probably a free safety. Um, you know, our nose tackle, uh, Sly Williams, Sylvester Williams is his name. Uh, he has been – this is his third year in the league, and it, it's taken him a couple years to really get into it. And he kind of last year didn't impress at all. But this year under Wade's system, he has looked great uh, at that nose tackle. Um, so I, I think – is he going to be, you know, the best in the league? Absolutely not, you know, but he, he's certainly been making a name for himself here. Uh, Darius Kilgo, who's our rookie this year, drafted this year, uh, he's been looking okay as well. You know, I think with, you know, obviously Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, we have those two guys and that are going to be, you know, crazy rushing, rushing the passer. Uh, other guys are going to have to get in there because – Vaughn and Demarcus might, you know, they they'll be getting double blocked, they'll be getting whatever. So it's there's definitely some some movers in that in that nose tackle spot. All right, now let's uh, let's take a look at the schedule. This is a brutal schedule that the Broncos have this year. Yeah, there's really you know there's really only three bad teams I think that you're playing all year: Oakland, mm-hmm. Cleveland, and Chicago. Yeah, and all of those games are on the road. So we've heard from you know the fans or the experts from just about every team you're playing this year because as we said, we only have four teams left after the Broncos. Uh, so we've heard what they think about their teams. Uh, now we just want to ask you, you know, each game, do you project it to be a win or a loss? So week one, okay. you are playing at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Last time that you opened against them, it worked out really well for Peyton in the offense. It, it did. Um, this is one my friends and I have debated highly. Uh, this is, I, I think, honestly, this is going to be a loss. I think we're going to open on a loss. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, you know, we and to put on top of, the fact that we're playing the Ravens, which is Gary Kubiak's, you know, old home. Uh, we just lost safety TJ Ward for a game. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm having, you know, flashbacks to the couple years ago, 2012 in that game. And just it's yeah. A flashback. Okay. So now, you, now you go on the road to face a couple of teams who look like playoff teams and have decent defenses first at Kansas city chiefs who have been your biggest division rival for the last couple of years. Uh, Thursday night, I think we win that one. All right, so on short rest, but you go into Kansas City, into Airhead, you get back to one and one. Then you go to Detroit, you have a couple extra days to rest before you face the Lions. Uh, another win. All right, so two and one. Then you come back home to face the Vikings. Uh, absolutely win. All right, so all of a sudden you get a winning streak after that opening home loss. I now you go so. at Oakland. Uh, probably the easiest stretch of your schedule the next couple of weeks on the road, but it's at Oakland and then at Cleveland. Uh, win-win, although one of those looks like a trap game, but I'll say win-win. Uh, then it gets really interesting. You guys host the uh, Packers yeah. on uh, – mm-hmm. I'm getting this, this – unless, unless you guys are – you know, something goes horribly wrong with Peyton or Rodgers. This is going to be, you know, the top three or four rated game of the whole season. You know, Broncos Absolutely. hosting the Packers. So is mm-hmm. that a victory or, or a loss? I, I think we will. I think we pull that one out. That's going to be such a huge game. That's going to be – one that I've certainly been waiting to see for a while. Uh, I think we win that one. Uh, and then you guys go to Indy. Peyton comes back to Indy. Hopefully, Peyton. Uh, and they've yeah. lost, but they've lost all those games. Peyton at Indy the last couple of years. Yeah that that one's gonna that one's gonna hurt. We're gonna lose that one at Indy. No oh boy. They're, the Colts are gonna continue to be a thorn in our side. All right. Well, you're still six and two. Yeah. yeah. And then you host. Then you finish up with the Chiefs at home. Win. And you go to Chicago, face your uh, your old buddy John Fox. 
Uh, the oh, old, the old John, you mean the, the Denver Broncos <laughs> Do you hate John Fox or, or you don't blame him? I mean, half of our players off the, <laughs> is apparently what it is over there. <laughs> All right. Akiva, this next one is going to be uh, higher rated. I think oh, God. than the Packers game here. We go. Oh man, this one, this one's hard. Uh, I'm going to say we lose that one too. Although Broncos fans have been waiting for a very, very long time for the Patriots to, to come to Denver to play. So who do you predict to win the AFC North? I think I'm going to go Steelers. Oh, okay. I was just asking because I thought if you pick the Ravens, then that means that you will have picked Denver to lose to each of the three other, you know, expected division winners, which means right. you'd be losing tiebreakers when it came to seeding. But yeah. you know, it might not. Although you still have Pittsburgh on the schedule to come, so then uh, you're at eight and three after losing to the Patriots, and mm. it doesn't get much easier. You go no. at San Diego. Okay, I'm going to say we're going to lose one to the Chargers this year, whether that's at San Diego or when they come to play. It's one of those two. All right, so for the purposes of our uh, exercise here, are you going to say the road win is the win or the loss? I I think the road win is the loss. Okay, so now you're all of a sudden eight and four. Yeah. And then uh, nothing's better when you're on a losing streak than to uh, play the Oakland Raiders. Than to just crush Derek Carr. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Okay, so nine and four. So now you have that game, and now it's at Pittsburgh. So, you know, as we said, you've you've, you've lost to the Patriots, you've lost to the Colts, now you've lost to Baltimore. Now you're playing Pittsburgh. Uh, I think we beat Pittsburgh. Okay, so you win in Pittsburgh. That'll be a big win, and that'll probably be, you know, the, uh, outside your division, that'll be the first win against a AFC playoff team. And yeah. then the next week you get another chance. And, and look, Cincinnati, uh, you know, beat you guys last year late in the season. But what happens this year in Week 16 at home? Uh, I think we beat them there as well. All right, so you, you get back on track in December. It's a reversal of last season. And, you know, look, when you drop to 8-4 after that San Diego loss, people will be saying, oh, look what's happening. Peyton, yep. you know, they're starting to fall apart. But all of a sudden, 9-10, 11-4, and, and then mm-hmm. that last game of the season at home against San Diego. And I think you already said that you're going to win that one because you lost the first one, right? Yeah, I agree. I think we'll win that last one against San Diego. Okay, so that puts you at 12-4. and four. Uh, Probably not a buy since we said, you know, you've lost to New England and Indy. Right. right? Yep. And um, so probably, you know, probably looking at the three seed, uh, maybe the four seed, depending on whether, yep. you know, Pittsburgh or Baltimore wins that division. Yep. And and then and then it comes down to the playoffs. So so tell me, honestly, what's your what's your expectation? Well, let me put it this way. What yep. will be seen as a successful season? Only winning the Super Bowl? Seen as a successful season uh, as a Bronco fan, I have to say winning the Super Bowl will be the only thing or else we'll we'll be disappointed again. You know, and so and 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 if if you if you lose in the first round of the playoffs, obviously that would be a disappointment. But if if you lose in round two or round three at New England or at Indy, would you say you know that was sort of an average season, or would you say like no, this was a failure of a season? It, and this, is, you know, as a Bronco fan, we're going to win it all. As a realist in the room, we're going to lose divisional round to Indy. Oh, Indy again! Yeah. Indy again! That, that I I don't want to say it, but it's just it's. As a Bronco fan, we're going all the way, but as a realist, Indian Patriots are really good this year. And is this is this the final season for Peyton Manning? Oh boy. Um depends if we win it all or not. <laughs> all right. Well, assuming you don't win it all. Uh I th- I think he sticks around for what he's got one more year on his contract, so if we don't, he goes one more. So he'll come back at forty. Yeah. All right. But it but but if, if you do manage to win, then he goes out in a in a blaze of glory. Yep. I think so. 
All right. So, uh, so you don't think that it will end where it all begins in Indianapolis, although it will, it might this season, but you <laughs> think that he'll, he'll come back one more time and, 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 you know, hopefully try and stay healthy for one more year and, and, and bless us all with one more season of watching the greatest football player of all time, in, in my opinion, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, Michael Bateman, thanks for joining us. You're on Twitter at, at Mick Bateman. Mick Bateman, M-I-C-K yeah. Bateman. Yep. And, uh, you know, now we're, now we're going to turn to Peyton's former team, the Indianapolis Colts. Thanks uh, for joining us. <laughs> and absolutely. Good, good luck this season. Hey, thank you so much, guys. All right, Akiva. Yes. So what do you think about the, 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 the possibility of Peyton returning for yet another season? I don't think it's happening. You think he's done this year no matter what? Oh, he's done. Done. He doesn't, All right. you know, he makes half that money just in endorsements and, you know, those contracts probably don't run out just because he retires necessarily. So. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think he's playing for money at this point. I agree. Uh, I agree. He owns like half a Chipotle or something ridiculous. If, like if that. It, his season ends in Indianapolis was the prediction of our, of our Broncos. That would be a expert. very fitting way for him to go out. Let's be fair. Peyton Manning's not going out like Elway did with a Super Bowl win. That's not the arc uh, of, well, that's not the arc of his career. So the crowd in Indianapolis, how do they react at the end of that game? Well, they just want a playoff game. They're probably pretty psyched. Yeah. Once there's you, not gonna be, oh, you can, there's not going to be like that emotional. Well, like, yeah, you know, give Peyton an ovation. He lost. Who cares? If they lose, <laughs> right. then they're not going to be happy. Okay. Well, you know who will be very happy if that happens? Who? Jacob Lewin, our guest for the Indianapolis Colts. That's right. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's bring Jacob into the room now and see what he has to say about the Colts this season. Jacob Lewin. Jake, how are you today? Great. How are you guys? Uh, we're very good. I got to tell you, Akiva was telling me uh, that when he did this four years ago, 32 fans in 32 days, in its inaugural edition, he feels like he was fighting a lot more with the guests, and there haven't really been a lot of fights this year. You know, I think Akiva and I have disagreed a few times, especially when uh, certain quarterbacks uh, get mentioned. But um, we haven't really fought with the guests, and he was disappointed about that. So I think we actually have an opportunity here, and um, I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, Jake, say heads or tails. Tails. All right. Tails. Tails is uh, – so Heads was quarterback and Tails was 2 to 53. And uh, Heads is that uh, – I think I can argue with you about your quarterback. Tails is um, – Akiva said in the Cleveland Browns podcast that he thought that 2 to 53, in other words, removing the quarterbacks, he thought that the Browns had a better team than the Colts. He also might have said that about the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken. And he also said that Ryan Grigson might be the worst GM in football. So, um, you know, I'll let you respond to that and, and then I'll let uh, you and Akiva go at it for a minute. Um, well, there's a lot of questions you asked me at once, um, but that, so, that's what that's what they call a podcasting 101, right? So, just to, to address you whether confuse your co-host, yeah, and so, your guest. So basically, if you want me to tell you if I think the Browns with Sands, whatever quarterback, forget they about have, the Browns. Forget about the Browns. The, the 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 proposal on the table is that the Colts are not actually a good team. They just benefit from having a good quarterback and being in a terrible division. Um, that's definitely, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, so I do agree with that to that extent. Um, but I, but then again, with the other teams, like, I think if you take away Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are also a six and 10 team and at best. And I think if you take away the Broncos, you know, they're wait. So there's no good team in the NFL then. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a futile conversation i mean obviously the colts i don't think their roster is that great they have some good offensive weapons their line is average at best um they have a pretty good secondary they have serviceable linebackers a awful defensive line 
um, and great special teams. I mean, that's that's their whole – that's everything they have. Okay, fine. So let's try the other fight then. Uh, let's talk about your quarterback, Andrew Luck. Okay. I think that he's extremely, extremely overrated. Now, let me define what I may be overrated. I don't even I agree with one, this. Well, I, I don't even know how you're going to argue this, but let's well, hear we're, you. Well, we're trying to make a fight, so I'm trying. Yeah, I got your back um, here, Jake. Very I'm, I'm You could say well, whatever I you said, want. I said it was the rest of the – Say right. whatever you want about like the Colts' <laughs> defensive defensive line. They're awful. I, I'm, I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, this is but... like going over to Tom Brady and it's like, I'm going to explain to you why your wife is not hot. <laughs> He'll be like, all right, let's go. Okay, <laughs> let's go. First of all, if I was to pick any player in the NFL to have to build my team around for the next dozen years, it's Andrew Luck, and it's not even debatable. Okay. So when I say that he's overrated, I'm not saying that he's a scrub, okay? What I'm saying is he's clearly going to be the most important player in the NFL for a bulk of the next decade. However, he is not yet and has not yet performed like an elite quarterback. And yet, when Bill Barnwell came out with his quarterback rankings, he had him number two in the NFL. Not number two for future, number two for right now. ESPN and SI both had him number three for right now. So whatever stats you want to look at, if you want to look, let's say, at the Chester quarterback ranking, which, of course, we talked a lot about in the quarterbacks podcast, he was eighth in the league last year. give me an advanced copy of it. I'm a little upset about this. Well, Jake, if you were listening to all our podcasts, of course, you know all about it. Okay, but he was eighth in the league. Eighth in the league is pretty good. However, if you go to QBR, he was average. His QBR has been in the 60s all three years of his career. The average is 50. Uh, Last year, he was at 63, which is 14th in the league. So 14th. Um, is okay, but you know it was behind Eli Manning, it was behind Nick Foles, it was behind uh, Joe Flacco, you know it was behind Carson Palmer. So that's not the perception of him. Which again, the perception is that he's one of the best couple of players in the entire NFL. So I, again, do I think he's going to become that? Absolutely. Do I think that maybe he hasn't had the tools around him because Ryan Grigson is a terrible GM and you didn't address that part yet? We'll get to that. We'll get that to also that. might be the case. I think that. He hasn't really had – he's had one good receiver in T.Y. Hilton. Now he finally gets better weapons around him. Andre Johnson, uh, we also discussed this in the quarterbacks podcast. We said – and we'll get to this later. But I I said that I thought both Andre Johnson and Frank Gore, if they win a Super Bowl in the next two years in Indianapolis, I think that will be the crowning achievement on their Hall of Fame careers. Johnson's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame anyways eventually. I don't think Gore does absent sort of um, an important role on on a Super Bowl team just because it'll get the voters' attention. Uh, So I think that they're starting to have a better offense around him. And the fact that he threw 40 touchdowns last year without that great offense is certainly a credit to him. But he still turns the ball over too much. He Again, his numbers just haven't justified. And also, he gets the beat up. They have the easy schedule in the league year after year because they're in a a god-awful division and because they get to face Jacksonville and Tennessee four times a year. Now, you can't blame him for that. You play who's on front of you. But what I'm just saying is I don't yet think that he deserves to be mentioned in 2015 or in 2014, because we haven't seen what he does this year, in the conversation with Peyton and Brady and Rogers, I think that going forward, of course, he will be a Hall of Famer one day. But has he done that right now? Has he has on the field he produced to justify the reputation? I don't think he has, and we've seen it in the playoffs. Look, they lost those playoff games each year to New England because of the defense. But it's not as if the offense looked really good either. They have, you know, he still turns the ball over too much. So that's my position on Andrew Luck, and now. Tear me a new one. Where to start? I really <laughs> want to see who the other seven quarterbacks are ahead of Andrew Luck. That's that's what I'm more interested in. I mean, in my mind, you probably put Rod. No, 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 no. This wasn't my power rankings. This was statistically. I'm just saying. Based, but, 
but okay. but in terms of my okay, but in terms of my power rankings, I had him at seven, and I had Rogers ahead of him. I had Peyton ahead of him. I had Brady. I had Romo. I had Breeze. I had Russell Wilson, and and Russell Wilson basically because Russell Wilson's numbers have been better than Lux. His traditional numbers, his advanced numbers, they've been better than Lux. He's also had more success in the playoffs. So obviously, he's been on a dramatically better team. Right. That's that's a good point there. I mean, Russell Wilson. I'm I'm bearish on Russell Wilson, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm the other four quarterbacks you have there, uh, Romo aside. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's young. I just think people are are very uh, excited about the fact that he's always gotten better. He's had lots of comebacks. He's playing and performing at a level that's well beyond his years. And that's why they put him really high. And it's also because of the fact that everyone knows the Colts team sucks. All right. So we'll keep it. We, we try to start a fight and it's not really working. No, I mean, like, I just, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to argue with the fact that I think that he's, you know, got a lot to prove, but think about it. Um, they, the, everyone, the, the, the benchmark is without Peyton, the team was two and 14, right? They bring luck in and then there are three years, play, three years of playoffs in a row. And no one sees any reason why they wouldn't be in the playoffs in the next few years to come. I mean, that's that's where it all comes. Well, I see really a reason. From. I see one reason. Andrew Luck tears his ACL. Matt Hasselbeck comes in. That's a reason. Is Boy, Matt they, Hasselbeck still in the NFL? He's their backup. Yes, he's their backup, and he's awful. What? He's playing right now. He's <laughs> awful. No, he's not playing right now because it's Tuesday right now. It's not Thursday. Yeah. Last Thursday, he was playing. He means that's like right. right now, like he's... he's uh... Right now, like this minute. They're playing No, no, the no, 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 no. Jake, 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 you missed our point. Oh, we're pretending it's not Thursday when we're recording. We're pretending it's Tuesday morning when this is coming out. By the way, Jake, uh, how was your barbecue yesterday for the uh, Labor Day weekend? Oh, it was be- beautiful. It was there so we nice. go. Yeah. What'd you have? What'd you have? Uh, we had dogs and sausage and maybe some, some chicken also, but I didn't get a, t- get a chance to touch it. Everyone everyone got ahead of me. I hate when that happens. Jake. That's yeah, so annoying. Wait, do you do you agree or disagree with the following statement? With the with the Browns uh, assessment that, uh, that Chester mentioned earlier, that uh, they're two for two to fifty three is better than yours. If you switch their quarterbacks, would the Browns be going thirteen and three this year and be Super Bowl contenders? And would the Colts be whatever the like? Well, the Colts have a good coach, also. I don't want to take that away from them. Well, you know, the, the, the Colts would have a. I think the divisions have a big. The, the reason why that would that would change things. The division. If you, the, the if you put Alex Smith so on this team, what would your record be? He's a league average quarterback. Eight, Eight and eight. I think they'd be eight and eight. Or Can seven I tell you nine. what your record would be? What? Three and 13. <laughs> really? <laughs> See, that's a hot so take. bad. That's a hot this team take. stinks without luck. In the AFC okay. South, you can't tell me that they're worse than the Jaguars or the yeah, Titans. They're much worse than the Jaguars and the Titans. Like, that's how about insane. This? I that's root, insane. No, wait, time wait, out, Chester. Oh, Chester. I okay. I root for a here, bad Chester. team, Chester. I root for a bad team. My my team went four and twelve last year and lost its starting quarterback to a punch in the face in the locker room. <laughs> so it could be worse this year. But I literally like there is no way if we went through the Jets and the Colts and maybe the Jets have a better roster than some of the other really bad teams. They just don't have a quarterback. But there's no if you asked all thirty GMs who were not the Jets and Colts GMs. All thirty take the Jets' talent over the Colts because the Jets I have about that. I, the Jets I have four defensive yeah, but, but the, linemen the, that are better. 
the the Jets, you know, don't really have linebackers, but the Colts have two thousand year old outside linebackers who are decent, and that's it. The, the you know the Colts one you know bright spot outside of the offensive you know passing game is is Vontae Davis, but we we certainly could match up with that with Revis. Uh, you know, Vontae Davis is great, um, but uh, you know we can match up with that. And uh, there's just I, there's there's really so, so nothing else on the, the team of- that's exciting. Uh, the truth is, I do kind of like your tight ends. I don't want to take. Oh, you know, I, I think Allen and Fleener is a fine. I know, I, I know some Colts fans hate Fleener, but like that's you know fine pairing. I don't even know if Hilton's good, other than like I know he's good, but I don't know if Hilton. Is. I mean, they just they just paid him a max contract, so they they see him as one of the top five receivers. There's no such thing as a max contract unless well, they gave him the entire they salary the, cap. They no, they paid him, him the paid him identical right contract around, to Des Bryant and yeah. Demarius Thomas, that's which, which I actually think is it was not a good signing, but whatever. Well, well, hold on. So let's well let's fold that in. Does Ryan Grigson know what the hell he's doing? He, and drafting Andrew Luck, uh, you know, did not require any skill or talent. I don't know about that. In some ways, you know, people were really. They could have taken RG three. I know fine. they could have. They, they I remember. Have t- I remember, and I distinctly remember, like Skip Bayless, who's an idiot. Like yeah, absolutely, that, that that tweet's gone all over the place lately with the RG three service. Right. Oh my god. I mean, when I heard him like go off, like RG three is. I mean, it, it's almost arguable that the that it, it that the taking taking RG three would have been like taking Ryan Leaf. It's almost at that point. Well, hold on. Almost. To de- to defend Skip Bayless for a second. Objectively, RG three was better than Andrew Luck in their rookie season. Oh, no question. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. But that's so, not yeah. a shot. Okay. Of, the, that's the, not a shot of Luck. RG three was like transcendent his rookie. Yeah. Season. Well, right. that's the that's the point at which he made the comment. Now you could have seen the fact that Luck had you know had a brighter future because, for example, his game wasn't so predicated on athleticism and plays that can result in you you know snapping your leg in half, but. Also, forgetting about yeah, the, forgetting the, about Andrew Luck. College. Talk about Ryan. Gr- talk about Ryan Grigson's decisions other than Andrew Luck. And on the because we've taken away his best thing, we'll also take away his worst. You don't have to mention the Trent Richardson trade because that. I mean, that's incompetence of you know. You know, I I think it was a bad trade at the time, and no one. I don't think people at the time thought it was as bad as it is in retrospect. Oh, that's not true. Oh no 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 no. Everybody was saying that you don't. No running back in the NFL is worth a first round draft pick anymore. It's idiotic to draft a running back in the first round. The Browns did it. It was a disaster. Everybody made fun of them. Even though Richardson put up, you know, you know, he had a thousand yards and a bunch of touchdowns his rookie year, although he still averaged, you know, three and a half yards a carry. And then that another team came in and did that. The Colts needed a running back, and nobody knew Richardson was as bad as he is now. I'll right. grant you that part. But to give a first round draft pick for any running back, I no, would no, trade no. Adrian Peterson for a first round draft pick. I I agree. They shouldn't have given up a first round draft pick. I think that they were back up against the wall. They had to do something. And it, you're right. I mean, Grigson has done more harm than good and i could send you some articles that you know i've i've read i mean <laughs> really he's made like this year is a classic example i mean i was shocked when they took philip dorset i was shocked he was on no one's radar no colts blogger no no one i read no one i follow no one's radar nobody and it was totally unnecessary. And then if the one thing that he might have done was to be really business-like and say, you know what, I don't want to pay T.Y. Hilton, who's just a speed receiver. I'm going to see if this guy Dorsett can fit the bill. I Okay, fine. No one in Indianapolis would have liked that. You would have – because people really liked T.Y. Hilton there. So maybe he would have done that to, to kind of save a little bit of money long term, you know, know that T.Y. Hilton is almost like a dime a dozen. But then he signs T.Y. Hilton for an exorbitant contract with Dorsett still on the lineup. 
I mean, I don't really understand what he did. So, but the, here's the question: because you have Andrew Luck, and because of the schedule and the division and all the other things, the reality is this team is not going to. No matter how bad they are, absent a catastrophic injury, you're not going to win fewer than ten or eleven games a year for the next several. You know, as far as we can see for now. Yeah, I mean, there could be. There's there was one year in, in uh, Peyton's third year in the league, they went six and ten. I mean, you know, they're, they're, luck could have throw. You know, it's possible that they have one or two bad years, but for the most part, no, I don't see that okay. ever happening. And so, if that's the case, and and you have an owner that, to be frank, does not breed a lot of confidence in his decision making, you know, in in a variety of ways. Oh let's God. leave it at that. Yeah. So, is there any scenario in which Ryan Grigson can lose his job? Because if the ultimate impediment to putting a bona fide Super Bowl contending roster around Luck is a GM who's at least competent, who's not screwing up in these ways that we've listed. Grigson's not going to get fired because they failed to win because they're going to win a, you know, a dozen games a year. The owner is not going to be firing him up. So in, in other words, are you sort of stuck with Grigson basically is the question. I don't know. I mean, I worry. I think he's pretty mediocre. Um, I think he had some good, good theoretically good signings this year. Um, if, the, if let's say Trent Cole and, and Harriman's pan out those eagles players that he took if they pan out i mean it'll make him his legacy a little bit better but yeah he's made i think he's made more bad decisions than good decisions that's the honest i mean Uh, like you have to look at the draft picks that he made that kind of panned out Dwayne allen was a really good sign a good drafting i think Um, well yeah he hasn't done that much on the field yet well allen Guys, Part of it's been injuries. Can I can I read a funny conversation, guys? Yeah. Going back to the Trent Richardson stuff, I have no recollection of this ever happening. But I searched for my – I know that I was anti the Trent Richardson uh, trade from day one, and I wanted to prove it. And I searched Trent Richardson in my Gmail archives, and I found a three-way Google Hangout between the three of us. I had no, no way. I had no I idea. No recollection of this. No recollection. I have no recollection of this. This is highly relevant. Jake, is, Jake you're so nervous. I'm you're so all, nervous right be, now. You have no right, idea. hundred percent of this is true. And so this is right after Richardson's, uh, you know, first fourteen games as uh, as a cult. Serious question, Jacob. This is me talking to you. If Trent Richardson was in this year's draft, would he be selected? Uh, Jacob says. Third or fourth round. Chester said, eh, the average seventh guy only has a two-year career. He'll say fifth round. I would say on the, I would err on the side of seventh round or not picked. You said that. I, uh, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm so the hero were, so of the you story. Were the, so you were the most – okay, I got it. I, I, so I, then I say so – I, I said fifth round yes, and Jake said third or third fourth or round. Fourth. I said he has zero upside. I doubt he'd be drafted. If he would, it would be really late. And Chester said he still had 1,000-plus yards as a rookie for an awful oh, no. offense. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, said, I said if I was the owner, I would have fired the GM that day. Chester said not nearly as bad as the Carson Palmer trade. Which, by the way, uh, that's true. That was that was an abortion of a it trade. It was a bad trade, but Carson Palmer is now like going to well, better. Two teams later, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jacob that, said, that "Yeah, the Palmer trade the was bad." I said, "Literally anyone can rush for three point six yards a carry," which turned out not to be true. Uh, that's called the Trent <laughs> Richardson rule. <laughs> but then Chester, to his credit, said, "Given the context and era, I think that was the worst trade ever." Lewin says, "Grigson job is safe because of Jarrell Freeman, uh, T. Y. Hilton, Dwayne Allen." But yeah, that was a really drum trade. They better. Who's Jarrell Freeman? I never heard of him. Oh, he's uh. They got this guy from the CFL. He 
I think he was supposed to be he was an alternate for a Pro Bowl at some point. He's he's pretty solid. He's a solid player. <laughs> and wait, this is great. And then, um, but I, people who don't know this won't realize how random it is that the three of us had a three way Google Hangout. I, how many? Because, how many, because how like I didn't even know you guys knew each had? other. Actually, yeah, how many three way chats have I we think ever two, had? Sorry? Because that's one the other day, and I like. So anyway, you said that, but they have to, the Colts better find a great O lineman in the second round. And then Chester and I started having conversation about. Are uh, that it would be really funny if we did a gambling pool for the Winter Olympics, which we ended up doing, and it was insane. <laughs> it was, it was the, great. It was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. But it was so when, like. Wait, when was this this conversation? February thirteenth, two thousand fourteen. Uh, and then Chester and I spent like hours coming up with this with the with the rules for the Winter Olympics pool, which was a rousing success, even though it was insanely complicated. <laughs> So I, this is, I'll forward I really, this both to you, but we really have to get on with this podcast. <laughs> okay. This is shocking. Right now, this might be the most Very interesting impressed. thing that I've learned in weeks. Weeks. Absolutely in weeks. I can't think of anything. By the way, if you hear anything in the background, it's my wife watching the Michigan football game on TV. I've asked her to mute it. Oh my gosh, what a hardcore fan. I know. Oh, uh, when it comes to Michigan, she's hardcore. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've established that Ryan Grigson's terrible, um, but that also that he's not going to go anywhere. And this is the question I was going to ask for for both of you. And Akiva, correct me if I'm wrong. You see from time to time a team that's a perennial playoff contender fire their coach because of playoff failures. We saw it last year with John Fox in Denver, for example. But do you ever see a team fired GM for that? And I and I, I don't think and I can't think of an example, frankly, in any sport. I think basically because we usually attribute a postseason mistake, we might say, well, that's the coach's fault or the players. But if the team makes the postseason, we say, well, the GM's doing a good job. So, is, I mean, in other words, it, because if they continue to lose by, to, you know, by four touchdowns every year in the playoffs in the second round to New England, then it, does that threaten Grigson? I mean, can we think of an example in any sport where a front office was fired because of the playoff performance of the team, of a team that was always making the playoffs? I'm sure it happened. I'm just uh, tired and it's late. I can't think of one. Right, and I was also reading the chat that you sent in the middle of this podcast. Oh, you got to you so got to wait for after. <laughs> oh, by the way, the way the conversation starts is great because it starts. Give you didn't read this part. I say I bring you both into the to the three way, and I, I do like to initiate three ways. <laughs> my, my wife, my wife just gave me a look. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm not saying I always succeed, but I try. So after I, I thirty-two like initiate- podcasts, there's been, only going to be one ways for a long time, right? You've you've, you've been there <laughs> a long time. You have to. I understand. You need to spice things up. You need. Uh, I've only been married like eight months. So I, you know, I'm still okay with so, just my yeah. wife. <laughs> All right, no comment. But yeah, what happened? And this is why I initiate three ways because what will be happening is that I'll be arguing with two people at the same thing at the same time, which is what happened here. Because I started the three way and I said to the two of you, "I'm having parallel conversations, which is annoying." Do you know each other? Because I knew Jake, I knew Akiva, and Akiva knew Jake, but none of us knew that the other one knew the other one. I don't even know how I know Jake. Um, well, I just know that I know him. Jake, college, you're so. from Indianapolis and yeah. you've lived in New York for a while. Do people in New York ever confuse Indianapolis and Minneapolis with you? All the fucking time. Oh, we got a. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to be a cursing podcast. Whoa. No, no, because I, I remember once somebody said to me, they're like, oh, yeah, you guys, yeah, I'm where you're from, from Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, you guys have that big race, right? And I'm like, no idea. Are what you going like, the other way? That's funny. I, they're I, like, yeah, the Minneapolis 500. I guess, like, it's actually funny because I never, I guess this is a narcissistic to not think that way, but. I didn't realize that people think. Well, that, I've only gotten it once or twice. So I get but, all the time, like, I'll say Indianapolis. They'll say, oh, it must be really cold there. I'm like, 
In well, Minneapolis the, is a bit bigger, so that right. might be why. Is, I have one more thing to say, and then we really have to like move this forward in some direction. But we're that 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 guy who hates your Seinfeld podcast is going to complain about this podcast. I, <laughs> I listened to thirty two fans in thirty two days to hear an in depth analysis of the Indianapolis Colts, not to hear these idiots talking about their relationships with wait, each other or lack of. This is wait, actually so, much more interesting. It's true. <laughs> wait, so w- when I did this four years ago, we haven't mentioned this much on the podcast, but we did try this experiment four years ago, and it made it a little over halfway. And then we sort of ran at a time, and and my co-host then Ari Gold, the great Ari Gold. We should really get Ari Gold on. We uh, should. Great supporter of 32 fans in 30 days. By the way, Jake, I'm disappointed you haven't been listening this year. Number one, most of our guests have been listening, and they've made reference to previous episodes. Number yeah. two, you've gotten shout-outs in previous episodes. No way. You got multiple shout-outs in the Jets episode. Yeah. And By whom? Who was the Jets guy? I was, well, uh, don't, t- don't, no, don't tell him. He has to go listen if he wants to find out. Michael he doesn't even know about the Chester quarterback. <laughs> it was Michael Strahan. <laughs> it's strange that we got a giant for the Jets. Yeah, it, was, it was a weird choice, but you don't turn down Strahan. Um, <laughs> yeah, he said he was only available wait, that so day. Wait, so I just had an idea. So the the episode four of 32 Fans in 32 Days, part 2011, was a Super Bowl XLIV rematch. So we had Jake Lewin on the Colts, and then we had a girl talk about the Saints. So one, we should have had her on again to talk about the Saints. Her name was Jordan Katz. <laughs> I, I, I have an email from this podcast it, from Eitan Bednar saying, fun, listen, you really hate women. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, uh, hold on one second. Well, no, Jen, we're recording a podcast. Your Jim Harbaugh commentary is not required. I didn't know your wife has so many opinions about football. Wow, she should be our. our sh- not only did my wife go to Michigan, her father went to Michigan, her grandfather went to Michigan. But Too we- bad none of them ever got out of the state. Oh, well, until your wife, actually, I guess. <laughs> no, 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 the other two live in Florida now. Actually, well, that's even so worse. No one than lives Michigan. in. So no one lives in Michigan. That's true. That's the point. That is worse. Would so you want to live in Michigan. Wait. So anyway, oh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh wants to live in Michigan. Apparently. All right, my my wife's commentary is getting more pointed, so I have to be careful. Wait, so uh, Chester, here's my idea. We have to do this for the finale. So we got a we got one complaint that so far our podcast has been a sausage fest. So I think for the number one Green Bay Packers, the only podcast we have yet to book, I think we need to get a woman for the Packers. Yeah, but ha- have you seen the average woman from Wisconsin? That's like 300 pounds and a mustache. You'd rather have a guy at that point. Oh, Chester, this is not this is first of all, it's not even a video podcast. Who cares? Minnesota and Wisconsin. By the way, this po- by the way, the, literally, this is like the 29th podcast we're recording, or and this is literally the first one where we like spent more than a minute off the rails, and we haven't discussed one thing yet. And now we have to get to the roster game already. All right, but let's bring this back home because I'm going to have to do a lot of editing to get this back uh, under control. I think we should keep so, everything we're talking about. I'm sorry. I think this is just pure gold. All right, rost- I, I, roster game. Let's go. Okay, so, all right, fine. You know what? We're done with the offense. The offensive line, we agree. The right side, especially, that's going to be a problem. Uh, yeah. Cares. <laughs> I think, right, I think, I think most people say that. Before we get to the roster game, it's, it's our new segment for this podcast, the spelling game. No cheating. Please spell the name of center Jonathan Harrison. Seems pretty easy. Go. Jeez. J-O-N-A. Bzzz. All right, Akiva, you want to try? Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, there's... Is it J A N? I I will give each of you ten tries. You still won't get it. I will read you one quote from one of my uh, culture previews that I read. Oh my god! Center, jo- Center Jonathan Harrison's play is nearly as poor as the spelling of his first name. Huh. It's 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 J O N O T T 
H A N. Who the, the way, hell named I don't, that kid? I don't hate the jo- like the Jono if there's only one T. That name's actually not bad. The, the two no, T's. No, no, no. Two there's T's. No, Jono. I've seen, no jo- I've seen Jonathan before, but it's but not with two T's. Not with two T's. Okay, so let's go straight to the roster game. Jake, you've already exhibited that you are the only listener we've had who hasn't even pretended to do any uh, due diligence on our prior podcast. So we'll briefly explain the roster game to you. There's 90 guys in Colts camp. A bunch of them have been cut, but there was 90 a couple of weeks ago at least. Akiva has assigned each one of them a number. We don't know exactly how he does it. Hopefully he'll tell us after the I will tell episode. you. I'll tell you in the final episode, if, unless somebody catches on beforehand. 73. Tell me what you know about Winston Guy. Uh, pass. <laughs> oh, boy. The first pass of the, of the... All right, give me another number. 44. Daniel Adongo. He did not go oh, to college. Oh, yeah. He did not go to college. No, I know who that what did is. he do? Where did you play football if you didn't go to college? <laughs> he just chilled. Oh, he's from Kenya, so he went to high school in Kenya. I think he was on the team last year. You think? Oh boy. No, he's I know he's what's it called? Chester, should they we just re record the Colts with somebody else? Yeah, Jake, you are not representing yourself well in the roster game. But I actually like the, the roster game. This has been his best segment so far. Winston Guy, who the hell is that? Adongo, he was that linebacker. They they signed him last year or maybe two years ago. He played rugby. I think he was just like, maybe he's good at football. Wait a second. Rugby, that's what Was that's he the, the hard knocks guy? So. No, that's somebody else, right? That's somebody else. No. I think the roster game has uh, failed. One more. That's one more. Our, we always do one more. Okay. Give me one. Any 22. number. 22. All righty. Okay. Tell me what. Hey, that's Andrew Locke. No. Tell me what you know about <laughs> Joe Reitz. I'll tell you what I know about Joe Reitz. I was on an airplane once and I was talking to the flight attendant. I was going to Indianapolis. Right, that's enough. Like, that's enough. All right, let's go to the defense. <laughs> let's go to the defense. Joe Reeves, he's a he's been on the team forever. He's a lineman. He gets Wait, was the flight attendant his girlfriend? No, the flight attendant's like, oh, I was just in a wedding with Joe Reeves. That yeah, story was so much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I, I was once entering a building in Midtown Manhattan, and I gave my ID, like an office building, and I gave my ID to the security guard, and he says, oh, Alexander. I just had another Alexander here yesterday. And I'm like, and oh, I'm like, it's like the eighth most common name. Of I know. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. He said, yeah, Rodriguez. And to which I'm like, okay. Like, again, Alexander a very, Rodriguez. A very generic name in New York City. And he's like, Alexander Rodriguez. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And he said, he's a very good baseball player. And I'm like, oh, you mean Alex? Start? Like, who calls him Alexander? No, not even his, <laughs> oh, mother. his mother. Maybe when his mom's yeah. angry at him. My weirdest sort of doorman security story is when I went to work on the uh, the Olympics one day. It was actually probably the football because I was wearing a sweatshirt. I'm wearing a Yukon sweatshirt, so it must have been uh, on Sunday football. And the security guard who like let who like takes your card and lets you go through at, at 30 Rock comes to me and he's like, like, how do you think they're going to do this year? And we end up having like a five minute conversation about Yukon. And he knows like a lot about the team. And I'm like, wow, you're like a really big fan. Did you go there? And he's like, no, Kemba's my brother. And I said, wow, that's awesome. You know, and I know Kemba is from uh, the Bronx, right? Which is which is, you know, a very short train ride away from 30 Rock. So that, that seems to check out. But like, I don't know why I Googled it, because, like, I, I thought, like, maybe he wasn't telling the truth. And I don't think Kemba has a brother, like, anywhere near the age where he could be working a security job. So why would the security guard lie to me that he was Kemba Walker's brother? Well, maybe maybe he's, like, a half-brother. Maybe he's, like, a cousin. Oh, all right, we have to edit that out. Everything else yeah. so far could be kept. Okay, all right, fine. Okay, let's bring it back. Okay, so roster game is done. We're going to the schedule. We're skipping defense. Wait, we got to talk about the defense. Defense is like the biggest hole on this team. You're right. Okay, let's talk about the defense. It's the biggest hole on the team. Schedule time. <laughs> you, no, I, but, I've but, never listened look. to the podcast. I assume you play like a song for the schedule. That is schedule cool. time. All right, yeah. so let's go. Look, schedule the, right now. No, but, no, but hold on. But Jake, you got to talk to us about this defense for a second. The defense has been bad. You've been badly exposed in the playoffs two years in a row against the Patriots. You mentioned Trent Cole earlier. 
Uh, Robert Mathis, is he healthy this year? Mm, I don't know. Right. I mean, no one really knows. He's he just okay. got off the pup list. Like, it's really all right. You got Vontae Davis in the secondary. We talked about that, but he hasn't been the problem. I think the problem is you don't have another cornerback, so they target the other side of the field. Right. Toler, you don't really have Toler, an in, you don't have an inside linebacker, right? That's Jarrell Freeman. Oh, oh yeah, the aforementioned. All right. So basically, tell us this. Is the defense going to be better than last year? And if so, tell us the reason why. Well, the reason they racked up sacks last year, if you look at it, they, they, no one on the team, I think, got more than five sacks individually because they just did a bunch of blitz packages and, you know, like they just kind of just did that. No, not, no one individual person could even sack a quarterback. So it's possible that, that Cole or Mathis might be able to, to, to sack the quarterback on their own. If that's the case, their defense could be better. Otherwise, it's going to be the exact same it was this year, give or take. And if they give up 25 points or 22 points, whatever it is, average per 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 game, I mean, they can they can score 30, but they'll just get their ass handed to them against the Patriots. All right, so now now let's go to the schedule. I mean, this schedule is embarrassingly bad. Oh, there's God. only two there's only two games the entire year against teams that are likely to make the playoffs, and that's against Denver and New England, who you're required to play because they were first in their divisions last well, year. Well, someone in, in, the, in the NFC South is going to make somebody the has to, yeah, but nobody deserves to. Um, right. Okay, so Akiva, you want to take over here? Nope. <laughs> All right, week one on the road at Buffalo. Do I think they're going to win? That's the question. I think they're going to win. All right, week two at home against the Jets. They'll win that game. Week three on the road at Tennessee. They'll win that game. <laughs> this is pathetic. Week four at home against Jacksonville. <laughs> Pass. Uh, Come on. Texans on the road, they'll win. They're going to lose. Wait, 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 Jacksonville, is that a win? That's a win. Houston at Houston, that's a win? On Thursday night, they, short rest. They've beaten. That's a tough game. They really that could be. They're going to split against the Texans. I don't know which one. So well, if they're going to split against the Texans, I'd figure out three so, days rest on so the they'll road. They'll lose that one. They'll, yeah, they'll probably lose okay. that one. They'll win the so one four, at home. So four and one. Now you're at home against the Patriots on Sunday night football. <sighs> yeah, at, coming off the bye, they'll probably beat the, the Colts. I mean, yeah. Okay, so you drop to four and two. Then you're at home against the Saints. They'll win that game. Like 44-41 or something. All right, five and two. Now you go on the road, Monday Night Football at Carolina. I don't know. That's a toss-up. Carolina could be really good or just shit the bed the whole season. So I don't know. If your life was on the line today, would you say they were going to win or going to lose? Win. I'd bet on them. Win. Excuse me. Now you're six and two. And now you play at home against the Broncos. Peyton Manning comes back to Indianapolis where he has not had great luck the last couple of years. Yeah, I think they're going to lose there also. I think the Colts will win that one. The Broncos will lose. Okay, so now you're seven and two. You go into the bye. Akiva, are you taking over or no? I'll take over. Yeah, I had an emergency in my fantasy football oh. league. Some geniuses forgot which email they signed up with. Uh, they should just be kicked out of the league now, right? As a fellow commissioner. Anyway, keep going with the, with the schedule. The Colts are own seven. Keep going. No, they're seven and two. I thought you were taking over. I'll take over. <laughs> this is Lou, and you've been the best guest so far by far. It's not even close. Okay, at Atlanta, is anyone going to watch this game? Uh, it's a one o'clock game. It's also yeah, no one's going to watch this. It's just going to be on in Indianapolis and Atlanta, right? But how can you have the Colts on national TV when they have this shit schedule? Who do you want to watch them play? It's true. So right, they only play. They play New England. Even, right, they they only play I think I feel Jets. like an like an Indy Houston game is on TV every year. They all, well, they always have uh, yeah, they call that Sports Center, uh, Chester. All right, well, hold on. Let's hold, let's hold the horses. We're seven and two after the bye. They're beating the Falcons. They're and what about the, the Bucks? So you're beating the Bucks at home. <laughs> My cousin's husband, who, who owns cares? the Bucks, uh, is that, who that, cares? That, that, yeah, is, uh, Malcolm Glazer. 
his kid is my cousin's husband. They just got <laughs> married this past year. You know, you know how many cousins I know of Malcolm Glazer? No. I'm starting to doubt some of these. Uh, no, no, trees. no. Brian Glazer, who's Malcolm Glazer's son, married my cousin. My That's first cousin. All right, I'll take it. Okay, nine and two. They'll beat the Bucks. Now, now you have a, a remotely interesting game, which is why it's on Sunday. I think they're going to lose this game so bad. The Colts are going to get killed. At Pittsburgh? Oh, my God. They're going to get killed. Okay, 9-3. and three. Then you go at Jacksonville. They'll win. 10-3. and three. Back home against Houston. Win. 11-3. and three. At Miami. They're going to lose against the Dolphins at the end. 11, wow. And then at home against Tennessee? They'll win that game. Even though it's going right. to be probably the Scrubs, they'll still win. All right, twelve and four. Do you, where are you sliding yourselves in? A two seed, a three seed? Two at best. It's interesting because you know all, all our fans have been super homers, and uh, there must have been a good play for Michigan because my wife is clapping. Uh, the only the only teams thus far that I have had in my predictions higher than the fans are today's podcast: the Broncos and the Colts. I think they're both going to go thirteen and three, and their fans have them both going twelve and four. And I, if think, I, if I think gu- eleven and five is also reasonable too. Yeah, and gun to my head, I think. I mean, I can't imagine the Colts winning less than twelve games just because that schedule's so bad. But you know, in last year also, they lost a couple of games that. Okay, so here's the here's the final question, and then we're going to sign off. Can the Colts win the Super Bowl this year? I think they they can. can. I think there's. Uh, I think it's not a guarantee. I think even if they get there, it's not going to be. Who's your prediction on September eighth, two thousand fifteen? Who's your prediction for the AFC team in the Super Bowl five months from now? I think the Colts have a good chance. I don't. I mean, it could be the Patriots. I don't think. I think people are way too bullish on the Steelers. I really don't think they're that good. And the Broncos, it really just comes down to where's where's Peyton going to be in the the end of the season? Is Peyton your favorite athlete of all time? I'd probably go with Miller, Reggie Miller. Reggie? Okay. But I, I I love Peyton a lot. I think he gets, you know, too much crap for his, you know, his his quote unquote, you know, legacy being, you know, less than it should be. I would say you know my position on that, but apparently you don't because you don't listen to the podcast. What is your position uh, on it? Fill me in, the, please. Enlighten he's me. Like he was going to roll his eyes. He's the greatest football player of all time, and it's not close. Thank you. Aww. I, I I think so too. I think he is. Um, all right. So, at what point can Andrew Luck surpass Peyton Manning in your heart? Two Super Bowls in Indy. That's the only way, really. So, if he wins two Super Bowls, that's it. It's done. Peyton, get out of here. I don't care about you anymore. No, I mean that's. I mean, right now, I think the thing is, I grew up. I grew up with Peyton. Like, I grew up watching Peyton when I was in high school. That's when he was. Like when I was smart enough to actually understand what was happening in football, that's when he was at his what prime. If, what if after he retires, he gains like 200 pounds, ends up getting arrested for groping a woman in a bathroom? Well, I still love Peyton. And, and I bring this up because, of course, my favorite athlete growing up was Kirby Puckett. Deeply offensive comment by Jake Lewin edited out. We're just going to re- re-edit the whole thing with, with like a better <laughs> – well, maybe the female fan should be for the Colts. They're not going to know less than Lewin. <laughs> they would at least go one for three on the roster game. When we do this again in 2019, he's not our Colts guest. <laughs> what? That's All right. Insane. Okay. Let, let's uh, let's tie this back together. So there you have it. Jake Lewin, you know, optimistic, but not as optimistic as you could be, considering that the Colts have a, a cake schedule and are, are predicted by most people to, to win at least a dozen games and, and be a serious Super Bowl contender. He has him at 12 and four. He has him as a two or a three seed in the AFC. The question, of course, will be, as it has been the last couple of years, can they get past New England in the playoffs? We'll find that out tomorrow because tomorrow, Akiva, we're talking to Michael Clark about the defending Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Oh, boy. Defending champions. It's tainted. Akiva, have the Patriots – I haven't heard a word about the Patriots this entire offseason. 
What have they done? Tom Brady, he like he like wins a Super Bowl, then he just disappears. You don't hear about him for eight months. That's not true at all. He's having marital issues. Oh, that is true. Uh, someone I saw that. you us weekly this past week. Well, I saw that on Twitter, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> we, uh, now we know someone else actually is reading us weekly. Um, my wife gets us <laughs> That backfired. That backfired on you. <laughs> all right, we'll be back tomorrow with the third-ranked New England Patriots. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.